Hello and welcome to It Takes Two, where two people watch two movies with the same plot or premise and just have a chat about them. I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And uh, welcome to our new podcast that we're trying out, where we basically have an excuse to watch a whole bunch of movies together. Yeah, I mean, we do that anyway. I will say, this is our first episode recording and it's the quietest either, either of us have been while watching a movie together. That's true. Because um, we're just both taking notes the entire time. Yeah, because we wanted to wait until we actually Did were recording. This, yeah. So the movies we watched were um, The Martian and what was the second one called? Approaching the Unknown. Approaching the Unknown. Yeah. And I'd seen both these movies, but you'd only seen The Martian. Yeah, I'd seen The Martian, but I'd never seen Approaching the Unknown. Yeah. Um, so The Martian was released in 2015, Approaching the Unknown is 2016. So it's pretty close. Yeah, they're pretty close together. Um, I will say I thought that the plots were a lot more similar than they actually were. Um, because I think it was presented to me, not by you, but what I was researching as two movies about guys alone on Mars. It's not quite that. No, not quite. Yeah. But it's sort of the same principles. They're both sort of doing a survival thing where they're stuck by themselves without anybody else's help. Yeah. But in approaching the unknown, um, it's a hundred percent his fault. Where yeah. Mark and Mark Watney and the Martian isn't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're just gonna we've written down notes each, uh, so we're gonna go over them a little bit. Um, I've sort of as you write notes, you're writing them. I'm keeping mine in order, like right. Like the differences that I found in the two movies starting off. Mm-hmm is that Approaching the Unknown was obviously... It obviously was lower budget. It felt lower budget. Yes. But it made it more intimate. E- mm. Okay. Uh, I mean, the notes that I had regarding the budget, if I skipped into my notes here, because uh, it was a fun note, I think I just said, do they... Oh, yeah, did they put condensation on the window to save on VFX budget? <laughs> <laughs> because there's a whole section where he complains about the condensation on the window means he can't see space. It's like, well, obviously they didn't want to spend money on space. Um, so when I was looking at the IMDb pages afterwards, I saw a comment um, on Approaching the Unknown, say, you know, like a, whatever, the review that was recommended to me, saying, you know, it's a really low-budget film, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I looked it up. So the budget of... Oh, I don't know where I wrote it down then. Oh yeah, there we go. The budget was $1.3 million for Approaching the Unknown. And in the box office it made $10,000 total worldwide. Wow, um, that's really the, bad. Yeah. <laughs> that someone's going to lose their job. Someone has lost um, quite a lot of money on that. Um, whereas The Martian, the budget was $108 million. Yeah, you can tell. And at box office it made $630 million. Yeah, you can definitely tell. Yeah. Um, so they did, I mean, they, I felt like they used their whole VFX budget in one scene of Approaching the Unknown, which is um, where he's kind of losing his mind, and there's just, like, galaxies and oh, yeah, solar I, I, stuff. I, I want to go over that in, in a bit, but I just... Um, let's talk about the characters... Because yeah. that is the biggest, because you're following one, well, in approachingly unknown, you're following one person, where Mark Watney has, like, his crew, and then there's, like, the, the pushbacks to Earth, where they're debating what they're doing, and I really love Donald Glover in it, as, like, the dude who drinks way too much coffee and knows way too much about math, um, 
but let's just talk, talk about I uh, what Stanfield Stanford Stanford Stanforth 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 yeah okay I had to keep looking it up and making sure because because um, yeah. they they the other thing is they pronounce it weirdly in the movie like like when Luke Wilson is talking to Stanforth he always pronounces it like it's the first time he's ever seen the name written down. Even though they're supposed to be... <laughs> supposed to be friends. Yeah, they're supposed to be, you know, like, and he's the only person who ever speaks to him. There's, like, one other person that's contacted at one point, but she's also in space. So, mission, mission Control is one guy, and it's Luke Wilson, who doesn't know anything. And we both wrote Owen Wilson at one point. Yeah, we did both mix him up with his brother, Owen. Yeah. Um, Can I talk about Luke Wilson for a second? Okay, yep. I felt that him, having an actor of that caliber... As the like, just the guy in the chair, because mm-hmm. that's what he was. Well, no, he didn't even help. No, he, he did was, nothing. He did nothing. Um, could have saved on their budget. You could have got some random dude. You could have got. Well, I think they. I think if they had a bigger budget, they would have hired Owen Wilson. True. I think they hired Luke Wilson, so people would think it was Owen Wilson. I think they had a bigger budget than they did. Yeah. Which is probably unfair to Luke Wilson. I mean, I know he's in, you know, um, a whole lot of. Um, Blanks on the director's name, Wes Anderson movies, um, and he's good. He's pretty good and or you know pretty decent. I'm not a huge Luke and Owen Wilson fan, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't I don't hate them. I just wouldn't seek out their movies okay. if that makes sense. Okay, so yes, circling back, let's talk about the characters first. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of my notes on Stanford were things like Stanford is a dick. Um, <laughs> forth lies constantly. Stanaforth is I don't. They made a big deal of him like looking after the plants and things, and then he did nothing with them, and then they all died. Set that weird one scene where he's holding pot plants and dancing to obscure music. Yeah, and it's like I don't understand. I don't. They never specify the purpose of the plants. Like it seems to be just as a food source. But he doesn't know how to keep them alive, and they're just like little tiny potted plants, so it's not a great food source. So, why was he bringing them with him to Mars? Because there was like they were they were talking about their experiments, right? Because when spoiler alert, this entire thing spoilers. I don't know why I said spoiler alert. Yeah, there's uh, going to be a lot of spoilers. Yeah. So he meets the other ship. Yeah. It's like a space station that's in like real deep orbit. Yeah. In between Earth and Mars. Yes. And they would trying to research how a society of mice would work in zero gravity. Yeah, I mean, that whole that whole space station was just, like, foreshadowing central because it was like, all our plants died within two weeks. We had mice, but they all died. We are trapped up here and going crazy. And the guy just turns to me and goes, abort your mission. Yeah. And then he's like, haha, just kidding. Yeah. So, you know, like, I feel like that space station existed mm. just so that they could throw as much foreshadowing as possible at us as if we didn't know everything was going to go to shit. So the note that I have Mm -hmm. is self-destructive character dash liar question mark. Yes, I did. This is my favorite note about Staniforth. I think I said, should have cast Stanley Tucci. Would look the same, but would be way more charismatic. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing against Mark Strong. I've seen him be pretty good in a role before but uh usually as like a villain or as someone like pretty one-sided yeah um at no point did i want Stanforth to survive or did i care about a role because that was one of the first things genuinely one of the first things i wrote about the martian because we watched approaching the unknown first yeah 
one of the first things I wrote about The Martian was, was I actually give a shit about these characters. Because there was a whole point we were watching the worst movie first. So yeah. So rating-wise, not like what, you know, we're not critic, critical. Yeah, we went based on IMDb ratings. So uh, The Martian has an IMDb rating of 8, and The Approaching the Unknown has an IMDb rating of 4.8. So Wow. Yeah. It's a huge difference. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the I didn't actually write anything about... Um, Mark Watney, which is interesting. I wrote, um, Watney is genuinely innovative. That's which is, very clinical. <laughs> I just find the character more charming and it's just easier to yeah. like him. Well, I thought it was a, a huge writing thing as well, and maybe it's because The Martian is an adaptation of... Of a book, yeah. Yeah, and what was originally, as I discovered looking through IMDb, it was originally written as a series of blog posts, yeah. The Martian. Yeah, that's why, yeah, because it was free and that's why the guy got... Popular. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, because it's in both movies, which I knew before you did. Right. Wood is in both movies. Mark Watney makes mention of it because he uses the crucifix as the fire lighting mm-hmm. for his uh, water production. Yeah. And literally says NASA don't like flammable things on spaceships. Yeah. And he's shown using a wooden toolbox full of wooden tools to fix his bullshit technology water generator. <laughs> and I'm like, no. I think I exclusively referred to that as magic water thing or magic magic water machine. Lies about his magic water machine. I wrote BS technology magic thing yeah. breaks. Yeah, I've written magic water thing yeah. a whole lot of times. Um, so the premises of it is he's going to Mars as an individual person with a magic technology that he invented, which was crushing rocks and dirt into its elements and then t- uh, hydrogen and water, uh, hydrogen and oxygen out of the rocks and then turning it into water. Mm-hmm. And then he's tinkering with it because he's bored and breaks it. And the issue that I had with that, I wrote it down here somewhere. So his, like, the whole premise of, like, so Mark Watney obviously gets left behind and he's injured and how does he survive for four years with no food? Mm-hmm. So he has to grow his own, like, that's the whole thing. He's cultivating potatoes yeah. using poo on Mars. Yeah, and I mean, they make a big deal of, like, Mark Watney is a botanist yeah. and that's how he survives is using his botany skills and he's got basic engineering knowledge because obviously he's an astronaut whatever. Yeah. Um, but you even see like the scene where he's like sewing himself up after he's been injured. He he doesn't quite, or you know, he uses staples, but he like has to pull things out and stuff. Yeah. He doesn't one hundred percent know what he's doing, and it's very it's very awkward but because it's not least, supposed to be done by one person. But he at least got some form of training. Yeah, but the other guy, um, Stanforth, in approaching the unknown. Like, why did they send him up as one? I don't understand the rationale between sending one guy on his own on a mission to Mars. Budget constraints. Mainly yeah. on the movie rather than... Yeah, it'd just been easier if you just got... That. Yeah, that's the... I've got both... Um, so, yeah, his water gets contaminated with something which is never explained. Yeah, it's like magic rust or something. Yeah, it, it was just like... Pink. It just turned, like, pink. Yeah, instantly turned pink. And then the whole... So I understand how communications work because they, they mention a lot in um, The Martian. I don't know why you're rolling your eyes. Oh, because communication is a huge thing. Because in 
um, approaching the unknown. He has he's like as far out as Mars and still has live communication. Yeah. With, like it's ridiculous. Whereas in The Martian, they're doing recordings or they're sending messages, and then it's only when they're within Earth's orbit they're able to met, like have live video calls with yeah. their family and stuff. And then when they go out of orbit again. They go back to recorded messages, which makes sense. And it was also the fact that the, um, what is it? The, I just had video comms unrealistic. Yeah. Um, the weird interjection of video interviews, which I'm assuming I put real question mark, which I didn't look up, which I should have done in preparation, but they seem to be recordings of people talking about why they'd want to be the first person or people on Mars. Right. And it seems... There's a lot of bits in this movie that I found pretentious. Yep. And in comparison to The Martian, where he's doing like a video journal... Yep. ...to show... Because he's like, you know, by the time you see this, I'll be dead because I'm not going to last that long. Yep. But I survived, so here's me doing stuff. Where in... Staniforth is doing like this weird journal which seems real pretentious yeah so like the, the, also the narration is in Approaching the Unknown I spent the whole movie trying to figure out where we like hearing his inner monologue was he recording something whatever and then it's towards the end he's like you may never read this journal or something like oh he wrote a journal oh okay yeah. but like and then this after that he's like talking into the camera and I was like this isn't a journal what's happening yeah it was a weird cut and force um, cut, cut and force cool. <laughs> I don't know uh, we're just going to gloss over what I said um, <laughs> the the other thing that bugged me was controls awareness is unrealistic now what I mean by that in this note is Luke Wilson's able to tell that he's doing something but not, but what? not what the something is and it bugged me because there's no way Unlike, you know, there's not a live feed or um, some sort of relay between the two, the yeah. con control on the ground and his ship, that they know he's dicking around with something, but yeah. they can't figure it, and that's where the lying part comes in. He's like, no, everything's fine, guys. Everything's perfect. And they're like, if there's something wrong, we have to abort your mission. He's like, no, 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 I'm, yeah, everything's I've, fine. I've literally written, this is... Um... My, I've put two quotes beside each other, one from The Martian, one from Approaching the Unknown, and my idea was this shows the total difference in how these characters are approaching their situation. And the Stanforth quote is, if Skinny finds out, he'll abort the mission. Whereas the Watney quote is, I'm not going to die here. Yeah. As that moment where he's like, I can do this, I can get this done. Also, I think soundtrack plays a lot into it because... Um, they mention, make mention of it in universe in the Martian, but he listens to a lot of real uplifting disco music, and it makes the movie quite fun. Yeah. Uh, but it also is supposedly what he's listening to on Mars, so it makes sense that he's got this more uplifting attitude and stuff, and we feel it with him. And it's also the fact that he talks about how much he hates it. Yeah. Which is, which is funny because he makes makes mention to the character whose music selection it is. It's yeah. just like I hate you and I hate disco music. Um. I don't think he hates her, uh, but he yeah. hates her taste in music. Yeah. The... Because literally they, they... So there's a sequence where he finally, like, gets captured by, like, some, you know, BS gravity burst. Not gravity burst. You know, they, they do a whole bunch of stuff to, you know, excite the audience so they can finally grab him. Mm. And the first thing he says to her 
as I hate your taste in music, yeah. which is so funny because they would lay, you know, apart for so long, like over yeah. a year, and they would have been stuck. Like even when the nav, oh, the have, have, not nav, the have explodes, mm. and he's like, unfortunately, her music survived. Like, yeah. I'm going to starve to death, but all the disco survived. <laughs> um, the other note that uh, I put in for the... Where is it? So this is something that a friend of mine mentioned um, when we were talking about the movie Gravity. And with choosing astronauts, like, mental health things are taken into account massively. Yep. And I think because of his BS technology that he just invented, they sort of glossed over the fact that... He had just spent a stupid amount of time in the deserts, like, trying to kill himself. To he, went to, he went to commit suicide yeah. and then succeed, so therefore he's able to go into space. Like, it's the self-destructive and liar point that I made is yeah. the second note. Yeah, and there's so many flashbacks to his time in the desert, but I hate it every time. It's yeah. like, it's like I went to the desert for days. I almost died. I passed out. My legs stopped working, but the magic water machine finally worked and saved me. And now it's broken in space, and I can't tell anyone. That's the plot of the movie in yeah. like one sentence. The fact that he was still shaving also bugged me. Like, there was a sequence where obviously time's passed and he's got, like, a full beard and has gone full crazy. Yeah. Which is in both movies. Yes, but, but it's used differently in both movies because yes. I, I this is what I wrote my thesis on in college, so this is my expertise. Um, growing a beard can be used to show passage of time, but it also can be used to show an unhinged me mental state. I did write in, in here somewhere um, that they added a addition of Beanie to show he's a lost cause because <laughs> he has that weird like mismatched like raggedy beanie that he wears and he's like all pale and he's got the weird unkempt beard yeah. and that's supposed to show unhinged mental states depression and the passage of time um and the thing is that they both shave off their beards before the end of the movie because Mark Watney also grows a beard but it's clearly just like there's a jump of seven months yeah. and I want to go look he looks different they also I found out they used a body double for that scene where he walks away from the camera and he, he's, yeah, he's, he's all skinny, skinny because yeah. because they didn't want to risk um, Matt Damon's health because he had done it on a previous movie and had yeah. health complications so I thought that so was really Christian nice. Bale's done it a whole bunch of times and yeah. screwed him up massively um, so they didn't want to risk his health so I thought that was very nice of them but um, anyway, the in The Martian, when he shaves the beard, it's like a real symbolic, I'm finally going to see people again, and I've got to look like me. Yeah. Whereas in Approaching the Unknown, it's like he's all crazy mental state and whatever, and then he has this moment where he's like his moment of wonder. I think that's what he refers to as, my moment of wonder. And then in the next scene, he's suddenly clean shaven again, and there's no... So, that's it. as a person who shaves their head but doesn't shave their face, yep. you require a lot of water to shave yeah so how was he able to keep shaving when he had no water <laughs> and there's even a maybe um, he used the shitty water for that no because it never went down yeah the so the, the there's a mention of it in 28 days later yeah where it's just like oh how how was your shave and he's like ragged because without water you can't shave because you have to create a lather yeah so the blades and go smoothly over your skin. Also worth pointing out that he does have a shaved head as well as a shaved yes, face. Yes, but it's upkept even though he's yeah. literally sucking water out of the AC. Yeah. Which, yeah, it was just like, what? What? Yeah. No. There's, well, I mean, one of the notes I wrote about The Martian is that the whole movie feels 
much more well researched. Yeah. So like, I just feel like approaching the unknown. They just didn't do their research, and that you know that covers the bad calms, the not understanding that you need water to shave your head, and et cetera, et cetera. I think they just didn't research what they were making. I think they wanted to make a pretty pretentious movie. Um, but they used they only had enough VFX budget to do their prettiness in one scene, and can we talk about that for a second? Like the differences, just because I just wanted, because then we can just move on to sort yep. of like the ending parts, yeah, uh, or the the meaty middle, um, the vegan alternative meat middle, um, the scenes in approaching the unknown versus the Martian. So the Martian, obviously, you've got CGI spaceships. And then the CGI, like, or it was just filmed in a desert. Um, in the Martian? Yeah. Uh, they built a whole exterior Mars set in Bulgaria. Well, there you go. Versus the space, and I say that with air quotes, the space sequences in Approaching the Unknown looked like a 70s, like, album cover. Yeah. Or, like, I was thinking, like, Windows 95 screensaver or something because i know how they do the effect so they film water ink getting dropped into water in slow motion it right. looks really pretty space doesn't look like that no at all like that you don't fly through yeah. there's not nebulas and in between like... <laughs> earth and mars which he was literally you see a sequence yeah. where he flies through True. a nebula and they were doing like solar flares and stuff even though he's going further away from the sun yeah and also the solar flares when they did that shot it was clearly like more solid than a solar flare really. yeah. like there obviously was ink and water or something some kind of dye in water um, it was pretty also, yeah also when he does finally get to mars it's clearly california with a bad sepia filter on it yeah whereas in the martian they do apparently do it they do have a mix of cg mars plus the sets they built in bulgaria so obviously all the bits that he stands on is a mars set in bulgaria somewhere and then to show the vastness or whatever it's that must be added cg because obviously they couldn't have you know they weren't on mars the, but it looks like they're on mars yeah so um i'm just moving down to sort of uh the secondary notes which was from the martian um, I'm just pointing out differences in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, movies, sorry. Um, you get a little bit of NASA history, which yeah. is important. And it's real NASA history? Yeah. They, they use real history of real space missions and real, you know, it's all accurate. So this is, and also they based it on, they based, or when I say they, the writer of the novel, The Martian, mm. based everything on plans for real missions to Mars in 2035 or yeah. around that time. So it is very realistic. Though my favourite thing, just, just so I can interject it so we can mention it in the podcast, is I was looking through the IMDb like trivia and apparently the costume designer looked at the real designs for the real suits that they're going to send people to Mars in and couldn't use them to develop the suits in the movie because they looked too much like Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> the real ones that the real people are going to wear <laughs> which I thought was fun to Mars and no further <laughs> um, so I'm just scrolling through my notes here uh, the dialogue which I mentioned which is better than the the uh, sort of pretentious journal mm-hmm. um, the editing's better yeah the editing's 100%. fun um, it's just a more fun movie and it's a legitimately funny movie yes um, 
there's I've got quotes in here which I didn't write for the other one because if, again all the dialogue feels rep- pretentious. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a note in here that I really like, which is Sean Bean doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> also, die. he does get forced to resign though. Yes, but the but the part that I like is they have the Council of Elrond. Yeah. But, and he looks pissy and during he, this sequence. But he's also the one who explains what it is. Yeah. When uh, Kristen Wiig walks in and is like, what is this? Uh, what's what's Elrond? And he's like, oh, it's, you know, a secret meeting. Yeah. And, blah, blah, blah. and it's like, what? Um, the crops dying is a plot hole, but it makes the story move forward versus... In which one? Crops dying, boss? Uh, in The Martian. Right. Um, because I have watched several YouTube channels of um, the guy you don't like with the weird hands. Oh, yeah. Um, which I won't mention because I really like him and I don't watch him on the big screen in the lounge. Um, where even if you freeze dry potato plants, even for like that, because I think he left them for like 12 or 24 hours. Right. Because of it, it doesn't actually drop to the root structure where okay. the potatoes are growing and they yeah. still would have survived. Oh, okay. So there's a little bit of like, probably wouldn't have gone that way if it had happened in reality, but it is moving the plot forth or otherwise. So the last yeah. 90 minutes of the movie would be just him eating potatoes and then him getting rescued. Yeah, yeah. Um, so got well, but I mean, you know, at least the problem, the problems in the Martian feel real, even yeah. if obviously, you know, there's still some suspension of disbelief. Like in, in approaching the unknown, it's so weird because they have, like, he loses signal. I, I took, I literally took timestamps and I didn't take timestamps for anything in The Martian because I didn't feel like I needed to. But 38 minutes into the movie is where things start to go wrong. Because up until that point, it's fine. So, like, you're watching 38 minutes of just a dude in space. Yeah. Um, Dancing with those plants to weird yeah. music. Uh, so 38 minutes in, problems start to go wrong. Um, and there's, like four or five different problems or something and then they're all fixed within a minute yeah. and it's like the end whereas in the Martian the inciting incident is like right, right at the beginning. beginning and because it's a long term problem he has a long term solution for it he develops a way to survive for you know X amount of years you know he creates his crop and he doesn't you know he finds a long term solution to a long term problem whereas the other one is like we've got a problem the signal's gone oh the signal's back oh no we can't contact her oh shit we contact her oh no there's something wrong with the ship. Oh, you fixed it. Yeah. And it's all within a minute? And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. The sort of the ending um, that I'd like to sort of, there's a one little thing. The Chinese space agency saving the day yeah. to me just felt like pandering to the Chinese market because okay. it's a huge thing at the moment. Um, yeah, in it's in the book. Because mm. this is one of the things that show. Here's another thing. I looked after watching both movies. I looked at the IMDb trivia for both. There's only four things on the whole <laughs> IMDb trivia page for approaching the unknown, and one of them was like the serial number is this, which is irrelevant. Um, but one of the things that's mentioned in the in the trivia for the Martian is the Chinese thing. So in the book, there's a lot more. Um, they're not painted as as good. Because yeah. the Chinese government or the Chinese space agency come in and they say, we will help you if you'll send one of our astronauts to space on the next mission. Yeah. Um, which is, it's hinted at in the movie because there is one of their agents in the next mission. Yeah. But this, the deal is never put in. Yeah. So, I mean, so the, they are, they do exist in the book. 
So There's a is... lot of stuff that the Western audience doesn't see in the Marvel movies as well. They edit right. that out for the non-Chinese market. Right. Um, there's a lot of it going on, and it, it's now annoying me mm. because someone else pointed it out to me, and it now annoys me. Uh, it's one of those things where you just don't notice it until someone else points it out. Yeah. Well, we can have a segment in the podcast where we complain about pandering to the Chinese market. <laughs> so um, like, let's find out how these movies pander to the Chinese market. Do you think approaching the unknown pander to the Chinese? I don't approach it. didn't pander to any market. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's was, just not a good movie. Yeah, well, it's not a, not a <laughs> bad movie. It's an average. It's 4.8 on that's IMDb. Not, that's bad, not average. It's um, slightly below average. It's just it's pretentious and low budget. It's Even the font felt low budget. Like It was just like, what can I pick a non-copyrighted font? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised they spent a whole, like, over a million on it. I thought that was more budget than I expected it to have. But then again, compared to... The Martian having like a hundred million. Yeah. It's a you know a huge difference. But the cast is a big thing, I think, with the Martian. Mm. Because like well I wrote down notes before we watched the movies, I used the like main cast as listed on IMDb. So if we're approaching the unknown it's just Mark Strong, Luke Wilson. Yeah. Which is fair because they're basically the only people in the movie. There's like three other people and they're in it very briefly. Um even Luke Wilson is in it quite briefly, to be honest. He could have prob- filmed it all in one day. Literally probably filmed it all in one day. Yeah. Um, whereas the other one, it just says Matt Damon, Jessica Chastain, Kristen Wiig. But there's so much more than that. Yeah. There's so much more than that. Like, I mean, you have multiple Marvel actors on it. Because yeah. you've got uh, Michael Pena and Sebastian Stan, both yeah. on the Ares 3. Uh, Benedict Wong is in the Marvel yeah. Universe, and he's, you know, a scientist in it. Um, JPL. Yeah. You've got um, Sean Bean, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Which is great. Yeah, love him. he's so good. Um, Donald Glover. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. What's the other lady on the space station? Uh, Kate Mara. Yeah. I don't know who plays the f- last guy on the space. I don't know who he is. I feel like I haven't seen him in anything, so I'm not yeah. sure who he is. Um, but, you know. He had a lot of kids. He did have a lot of kids. Well, the character, <laughs> not the actor. The, act- the character had like seven kids. Yeah. Um, the endings of both movies. Mm-hmm. Um... Staniforth goes to Mars wanting to be immortal. Is that what he's that's, doing? That's how I, what I took away with it. Uh, I wrote down immortal, not as in won't die, and his name will never die like Buzz and Neil. Is what I wrote down. Oh, as my note. yeah, okay. So, like, so he's the first person on Mars. Yeah. He's going to die because he has no resources and <laughs> he went against NASA's like. Yeah, and he's an idiot. And he's an idiot and self-destructive. I wrote a lot of wind sounds in credits. <laughs> um, and then, the, so when the when the roll of the credit comes up, it's like this weird twangy music that I thought sounded like it was trying to be a rip-off of the Firefly theme. And I was like, do they think it's a Western? Because it didn't feel like a Western. Is that what they, do they think he was like a lone ranger? I'm not sure what they were going for. So at the end of The Martian, I've written down uh, Space Pirate, which isn't related, but it is cool. Um, first person speech is hopeful and not pre- uh, pretentious beautiful without being trippy ending is sweet without being sappy yep that's it's pretty accurate it's a more rounded nicer ending than yeah. I'm gonna go die in this desert because I'm a self-destructive asshole yeah but I also like I mean the go dying in the desert thing on Mars 
would could like that could be a good ending if I gave any you amount of shit about, about the character, character yeah. you know, if I was like, oh no, he's, you know, if he was Sam Bell from Moon arriving on Mars and he's going to die, I'd be like, oh no, Sam Bell, you know? Yeah, because he's likable. Yeah. Sam Bell is likable. Yeah. If, if they put Stanley Tucci in instead of yeah. Mark Strong, sorry, Mark Strong again, I don't think you're a bad actor, I just, it was a, not a great character for you. Yeah. Um... And I think Stanley Tucci is so naturally charismatic that it wouldn't have mattered how shitty the writing was. And I would have liked him. <laughs> because he's Stanley Tucci. I would have gone, that's Stanley Tucci, and I like him. Just like we watched... Oh, no, we're probably going to watch that one again for another... I was going to say The Silence, which... Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely watch We'll watch that for another, and, another episode. And quiet places. But I do like Stanley Tucci, yeah. regardless of the movie he's in. Um, we were going to compare notes as an ending. Yeah. But I think we already sort of did it halfway all the way through yeah, like halfway well, through all the way through because it started off with I wrote a note here yeah well we could I mean if you have any fun notes that you that you didn't um, um I mean because my because like I reorganized my notes before we recorded to things that will probably be relevant to talk about but I also have like notes um that that I took while watching it which were a lot more you know um just you know stream of consciousness um I think the only cool notes in here uh, is from The Martian, mm-hmm. uh, which is Hell Yeah Potatoes. Oh, yeah, I also wrote Hell Yeah Potatoes. Well, I think uh, I said that out loud, so yeah, you... Yeah, then I wrote it down. Um, <laughs> the quotes from uh, Mark Watney, where he says, Fuck you, Mars. Oh, uh, yeah. And Science the Shit Out of This, which are great. Uh, the other one is the first shooting butt is exciting. Hmm. Which, uh, as a person who's grown plants before, coming home or getting up yep. in the morning and seeing one of them's taken root is uh, actually an exciting thing. I, I actually mentioned that in my notes as well because I thought they put so much more weight on that first budding potato than yep. they ever did on anything to do with his water machine yep. in the other movie. Like, if they could have, you know, when he's in the desert, they should have shown, like, the first drop and be all, you know... How important that was. But. Yeah, where they just made it about, like, his personal inner monologue struggle. Which, yeah. again, pretentious. Um, I think that's it. I've got, like, a series. So these notes are all in a row in my, my Approaching the Unknown one. So I'm going to read them out word for word because um, this is just, you know, what I was thinking when I was watching the movie. So 44 minutes in, I have a timestamp here. Oh, God. Magic water machine, do a boo-boo. <laughs> And then I said, Mark Strong, Staniforth, too cocky and stubborn, won't ask for help, lying about the magic water machine, if Skinny finds out, he'll abort the mission, more like, your machine is a dum-dum, desert scenes are bullshit, Staniforth is kind of a dick, also, dumb as shit, plants dying, kill surprise. <laughs> so that's my take on approaching the unknown. Oh, yeah. I do have, I've written down he's a dipshit further on as well, <laughs> I, I think I just really didn't like this guy movie is too long and or too boring i did write he's got cabin fever at one point which i think is accurate yeah i'm gonna do okay sorry um and also he's definitely not sane so you know most of my notes i think uh were about also i wrote weird smell thing but that was he like had like Oh, yeah, the weird smell thing. He had a weird smell thing, which I forgot about until I read my notes thing. He, like... Because one of the... There's three major things that happen to you when you spend a lot of time in space. Um, eventually, you'll go blind. You'll... Because something about your eyes don't mm-hmm. like 
gravity that ain't pressure, Earth. Yeah. yeah. Um, you'll grow taller. You will go blind, and everything tastes really bad. Okay. Because there's something about I can't remember. It was a quote from somebody that I stole from some video. Okay. That I don't remember now. So that explanation of where I saw the quote from doesn't make any sense. But yeah, there's something about food that tastes funny in space. So like people on the ISS have issues with what they eat because everything tastes funny. Um, which obviously there's a sequence in in The Martian where he's like, I'm going to have my potato with some antidepressant, what was it, Xanax? Uh, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, because I ran out of ketchup three weeks ago. It's like, <laughs> yep, that makes sense. Uh, that is sort of the the issue that for me with the smell thing is he's like got the weird recordings of Earth yep. that he's listening to just like sleep music mm -hmm. and like smell. He's got like little spray canisters of smells or yeah. something. And he's trying to remember what they are. And I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know what smell does in space. Yeah, I don't, no know, what, you I don't know. know what smell does on Earth. Yeah. But so. yeah, I, I just felt weird to be included in a movie that was already felt too long. Yeah. But I mean, like, which, you know, when, when I went through the inciting incident, nothing goes wrong in the in approaching the yeah. until 38 minutes in. Yeah. So why do we have 38 minutes of nothing going wrong? It's true. Except the foreshadowing of the guys being like, we're insane because we're in space. Our mice are all dead. Our plants are all dead. Don't do your mission. And he's like, what? And they're like, oh, just, just, just kidding. Just kidding, yeah. bro. Yeah, all good, bro. All good. Um, anything else you want to say before we wrap up and do an outro? No, except no. that I don't think we've considered what our outro will be, but we'll figure that out okay. in about two seconds' time. Sweet. I'm going in. No. <laughs> Just all the pressure on you. Yeah, that's Go. Fine. So that's been us. This has been It Takes Two. And thank you for listening. We'll be back with another episode and another two movies at some point. When we figure out our, our yeah. schedule. Our schedule. All right. Thank you and goodbye.